Hey, Cam. Yes, Don. Do you ever think about how crammed your trailer is when you go race? Dude, all the time. Race cars, golf carts, jets, power wheels, and all of his toys, his little dirt bikes, his strider bikes, all that stuff. I'm crammed. But I'm sure everybody in motorsports is feeling the same way. Well, now our audience has someone to call. They need to call Lance at lbtrailers.com. Lance is carrying over 70 motorsports haulers in stock options from top to bottom. We always talk about looking the part in motorsports, traveling up and down the road and at the track. Now you can look the part with LB Trailer Sales. Go to online to lbtrailers.com or stop by Facebook at LB Trailer Sales. You have a friend in the trailer business and make sure to tell them that racers and rental cars. Let's put it up for the weekend warriors. It's the racers and rental car podcast with your host, Top Fuel Cam, Cameron Bray, and his co-host, Mr. Top Sportsman, Don O'Neill. Keep on till they can't ignore you. Put it up for the weekend warriors. Thank you for downloading today's episode of the Racers and Rental Cars podcast, brought to you in part by MotionRaceworks.com. Stop by Motion Raceworks for all your high-performance needs. If you need to go fast, visit MotionRaceworks.com today. What's going on, Cam? Not much. Good morning. I, I don't get to say good morning to you very often, so I figured I might as well start with a top of the morning to you. Well, it must be, it must be a unique day for one, the fact that you actually are up in the morning time frame as the sun is shining over here in southern Indiana, which is, again, the worst uh, adjective to describe being the fact that I'm in the Midwest and they call it Southern. But anyway, we're going to jump right into our unique, diverse guest that we've got this week. I, I don't want to waste any time arguing with you on your West Coast hubbub or, or bash on you for your flat bill hat and the fact that you ride an electric motorcycle. But nonetheless, I want to try, I want to get this guy. Hey, I'd only, I'd only ride, I would ride the engine bearing ones if my neighbors were okay with it but you know i gotta keep my toddler happy somehow yes but yes. anyway well you i know you're a new dad you're doing everything you possibly can to spoil the kid but hey that's okay we're, we'll we'll leave that for <laughs> dr phil to talk about we're not going to worry about it over here that's fine okay uh folks listeners i know we ha- you guys are out there you turn right you turn left you go in a straight line you got two wheels four wheels uh but there's one thing about it when it comes to the business of motorsports you've got to have marketing dollars you got to have sponsors make the racing associations go around make the teams go around and make our bank accounts go around as drivers so we are lucky enough to get an individual to come on today to, that we're just going to try to scoop everything we possibly can out of his brain off of his background to Make us understand a little bit more what's going on behind closed doors and in boardrooms and emails and laptops uh, during this significant uh, historic moment in motorsports. And that is Mr. Paul Zendrick. From, uh, he is with associated with JTG Authority Racing. And at this time, their current driver is Ricky Stenhouse. And they have a significant relationship with Kroger grocery stores. So uh, we're going to bring Paul in and he is going to take us through the ins and outs of what's going on. Hey, Paul, are you there? Hey, guys, I'm here. Hey, there you are. 
All right. Well, Paul, I, I'm pretty sure I missed a lot about your background, uh, giving you your intro there. So if you could real quick, give us a, a minute of what it is, your diverse background motorsports wise in the world of marketing and motorsports. All right. Well, <clears throat> uh, I'm going to go back even a little bit further back to what led me into motorsports. And that was, uh, you know, I've been a retail guy most of my career. So uh, living and growing up in Minnesota and Wisconsin, uh, I, I uh, you know, I did spend a lot of time with motorsports, my family, my friends. Uh, it was a pretty, pretty big deal for us. Uh, I actually had an uncle who was a tractor puller, if, I, if you can think about that for a minute. Oh, right? yeah. Oh, yeah. I was always, uh, you know, during the summer, we would go to those events and it, it was always a great time for me as a kid. But, um, you know, I realized I couldn't make money as a tractor puller, even though that was one of my dreams growing up and, and uh, wound up going to college and got myself a, a business degree, uh, again, living in Minnesota. And, um, you know, I, I was a retail guy. So I spent many, many years uh, on the front lines of retail, different retail organizations uh, anywhere from Target to Best Buy, being those those being the hometown retail companies. Um, and my last um, role with Best Buy, uh, I actually wound up going into the marketing side of the business, and it was a very unique role. When I got the phone call, uh, I was I was asked, "Hey, how do you feel about leading our sports marketing and events team?" And coming from running stores and being on the retail side uh, on the front lines. Uh, that was very new to me, but, um, you know, somebody saw something special in me and I was able to take on that role and I learned a ton, uh, about the sports industry, specifically motorsports, um, all from the brand side of things. So that's kind of where it all started. And then over the years, I've gotten to work on various different sides of the desk. Um, you know, I worked for a sports car race team out in California and I now work for a NASCAR race team here in Cincinnati, Ohio. And, you're, and your audience is probably wondering well, why Cincinnati, Ohio. And Don, you mentioned it earlier. It's because uh, that's where Kroger has their home office. And I have a very unique role in the fact that I work for a race team, but I manage the Kroger sponsorship for them. And um, I'm that liaison between Kroger the 15 or 16 different brands that we have associated with this program. And then obviously back in Charlotte with, with my race team. So that's pretty cool. That's unique. Yeah. That's a, a long, <laughs> that's a long resume to, to digest. And, and I'm, I'm just going to try to pick up where you were. What year was the, the best buy timeframe? Uh, best buy was 2009. Well, sorry, 2008 through 2012. Okay, so you're kind of coming into that role as, I guess we could consider that the, the recession, the economic downturn. Uh, how did that, like, what, so you were at the bottom at that, that time frame where spending money activating in motorsports was probably the one thing that the executives in the boardroom were probably going, yeah, pass. Uh, so uh, what was it that kind of continued that train pushing forward to be involved in motorsports? Uh, that, that's a great point. 
Um, one of the third things that I learned rather quickly, again, transitioning from a retail, you know, I ran stores, I, I managed businesses out in the field into this role it, during that time period was, was I was, I was constantly being challenged. Why do we do this? Why are we spending significant marketing dollars in motorsports and on sports in general? Right? So I quickly came up with a really good, uh, perspective on what the company goals were. Um, you know, at the time, uh, Best Buy was really looking to engage with their, with their consumer in a different way. And they recognized that the sports fan, the music fan, and then even specifically the NASCAR fan was their, was their core shopper. That was somebody who they really wanted to connect with. And they'd found value in that sponsorship over the years before I took over, uh, specifically in, in motorsports. But my challenge from my boss at the time was, how do we take a logo that everybody sees on TV, they already know who we are, and how do we make that relevant to both those shoppers and to our employees? How do we connect that up and really make that resonate and make it relevant with those folks. That was the challenge I was given. That's pretty well. I, I got to tell you, you know, a lot of people listen to this show and they, they aspire to be marketing people in the motorsports industry and, and, uh, to be a guy that kind of got handpicked and didn't have any experience in that, that, uh, gives a lot of encouragement to a lot of people that listen to the show because, you know, it's a lot that's just kind of going to show you the right place, right time. And, you know, if you're good at what you do or somebody sees something in you, it's going to take you places. And, and that that's uh, that's pretty awesome. And talk about going into the, the, the deep end of the pool or the, the line of fire uh, going straight from, you know, these huge companies to, uh, you know, it's not like you, you started in the tractor pull world. You just went straight to NASCAR. <laughs> that's pretty awesome. Uh, I remember when my boss offered me the job, I said, are you sure? Because I really don't know anything about NASCAR. I mean... <laughs> I'm a car guy. And like I said, I grew up around, you know, tractor pulling. And I, I have to mention my uncle. He, he is a huge influence on my life. He owns a car dealership. He's always been a big classic car guy. So I grew up working on cars and being around, um, you know, various sports and motorsports. But we just, NASCAR wasn't necessarily our thing. Um, so when I told my boss that, I said, man, I don't, I don't really know anything about NASCAR. And he said, that's good. That's exactly what we want in this job because we don't want you to bring in any of those preconceived notions or your own personal feelings into this job. We want you to create it on your own, use the knowledge that you have and apply it to this specific sport that we sponsor. So in in 08, during that time frame in Best Buy, who, who was your drivers in NASCAR? I'm trying to uh, keep drawing a oh, blank. Yeah, so... So it's a, it's a pretty small list, but uh, my first year in it, we had Elliot Sadler uh, as our driver. Um, Elliot was driving the number 19 car for, at the time, it was Gillette Evernham. Yep. And, and I'll tell you, Elliot was, well, as far as for me being introdu introduced to the sport, he was an amazing guy. Um, just a, just a, a dream come true when it comes to having a brand advocate for your brand. He was so good and so smooth when it came to those pieces. Uh, we really, really loved working with Elliot. I, I did personally too. Well, that's cool. What yeah, are, I, I yeah. mean, Elliot, 
so he's from VA and I'm from Carolina. And so he, he was, he's a huge college basketball guy. Right. And so, and that's kind of, he, he's one of those individuals that, you know, he just recently retired. So he says, um, and when he walked away, it was like, for me being in my forties, I kind of grew up watching Elliot in that North Carolina, Virginia area, South Boston, uh, him and Hermie and, 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 and the whole entire Sadler group, uh, grow up on those racetracks. And so, um, that's interesting. I completely forgot that he was your, your driver in, in 08, uh, with Best Buy. Oh, okay. Yeah. He, he's, uh, he's one. He's out there. They say he's all he's doing right now is coaching his kids' baseball teams and, and building, uh, athletic fields and so forth in the Virginia area, giving back to the community. So, uh, that just goes to show you what the kind of core person was that you, uh, had at Best Buy. So you brought, you brought something up there, Paul, uh, about, you know, how he was a dream ambassador or, you know, whatever for that particular company at the time. Um, what are some of the things that uh, you guys look for in a driver or, you know, somebody that doesn't necessarily, they're just the driver and, you know, they're the face of the company that's sponsoring you at the end of the day. So what is it, what are some things that you look for when it comes to that type of thing for, for the listeners out there? Yeah, I think there's a couple, there, there's always been a few different filters, right? And, and because you, you don't always find somebody who has, who's great at everything, right? Um, so <clears throat> we looked at who we wanted for a driver and what our strategy was, you know, again, we wanted somebody who was, was a great brand representative. Elliot was the type of guy that most of the fans would say, Hey, I, I'd like to sit down and have a beer with him. You know, <laughs> that's yeah. the kind of guy that Elliot was. Right. And he would, he'd sit down and, uh, talk to anybody over a beer or, 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 or a Coke or whatever. Right. So we felt really, really good with him uh, in that aspect and putting him in, in a position to do his best, right? That's what Elliot brought to the table. And, and then, you know, he brought a really, really good core fan base with him as well. So that was really important. Um, I'd say those are the two things, you know, if we reach back into 2008, it was a little while ago. If I reach back into my memory, those were some of the things that really pop up as far as Elliot Sadler. What What do you look for in the? I mean, now per se versus say 2000, 2008. I know media and social media and all that stuff has has kind of changed our outlook on a lot of way we do things in motorsports. So how does how does that kind of no, compare? I think. Uh, that what I just described to you as far as being a personality that people can relate to, those are table stakes at this point. So you have to be able to be that type of a person. And if, if you're representing a company, in my opinion, if it were somebody I'm, I'm looking for, you've got to have that as just a basic core skill, how to talk to sponsors, how to engage with fans, all those things. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then to answer the second part of that question, Cam, really, um, it's performance. You know, that's where it's at right now with the current situation I'm in, right? So right. we are we're in an amazing opportunity with, with the biggest grocery store chain in the United States, right? And mm-hmm. they've been 
to our organization. It's a family relationship, really, because JTG is a is a family company, and the people we work with at Kroger are family to us, and they want all of that brand representation. They want people to feel good about who it is that's representing them. But over the years, we have gotten to the point where we're saying, okay, we've got that as base table stakes. Now we've got to go out and we've got to perform. We have got to do things that we haven't done in the past. And we've got to give them, um, you know, whether it's top five consistently, top 10 consistently, or even a win. That's where we're at now. Nice. So let's let's go right right into that because uh, JTG they've been they've been a consistent fixture in in the world of NASCAR. Uh, when did they open their doors? I want to say they're aren't they in? They're a decade old, aren't they? Well, Ken and Jody, for our owners, two of our owners, they've been at this for almost thirty five years. Okay. Uh, you know, they started out way back when, again, going deep into the into the memory banks. But I know they started out with a single truck team way back, you know, dirt floor in, in a shed. Okay. Kind of good, right. Um, been consistently in Cupville for a little over 10 years. Okay. Um, right. So they just continue to build and build and build and, and get to the point where we are at today. Because I'm going to go out on a limb here and say Brad's probably their biggest spokesperson, right? If can, can JTG actually have two brand ambassadors for the race team, one being Ricky Stenhouse, who's their driver, and the other one being Brad Doherty? Because I, I just when when somebody says t- JTG, the first thing that pops into my head is Brad. Uh, and and I don't know if the rest of the rest of the NASCAR world thinks about that, but when but when you've got a Carol a, a famous Carolina basketball player uh, that's a diehard Motorhead, that's a biz- savvy business person, and he's a TV personality to boot, and here he is, he's you know he he's a mouthpiece for for JTG. Yeah, I agree with you. You know, there is no bigger uh, brand representative for our race team. Then Brad Doherty. I mean, it, it, it's, uh, I wouldn't say that when you compare and say, okay, Ricky or Ryan, you know, uh, they, you might be talking to a little different audience, but I'll tell you what, having Brad there is, is amazing. It really is. So let's jump forward there in the performance wise. Now, JTG just went through driver change. We'll call it a talent shakeup uh, that yeah. was, yep. that was played out for whatever reason in the media world uh, during the off season that, that had some humorous jabs in the social media world that we're just, we're just going to glaze right over it. We're not going to dig those back up. How big of a part did Kroger have in the talent selection for the driver for JTG? They were very involved. Okay. That's a, that's very. a very, very quick, easy answer there. Yeah, I can expand a little bit, but, you know, I, I will tell you, again, go back to what I stated earlier, the relationship that, that our race team has with Kroger, it feels like you're part of the family. We treat each other that way. We have uh, incredible relationships with the folks that, that we work with who make decisions about this program in various ways. And whenever we're looking at making large decisions, such as, what is this driver change going to look like? We go right there and ask, 
we have the conversation and, and we've done that since I've been in this role through any of these driver changes. When we, you know, when we brought on Chris Busher, the, the conversation started with the Kroger folks. And we said, what, what do you think? Here's our options. Here's what we're looking at. You tell us, what do you want to do? Now that's interesting. I, I mean, we always hear the, the fact that drivers have to fit with a brand, right? You just, you just don't stick a square peg in a round hole. Uh, but that, that's interesting that you, you go into the boardroom, you have a sheet and you say, Hey, here's our options. And it goes around the room and it's like, no, no, maybe yes. We definitely had some no's. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to mention names, but there were some that right off the bat, they said, Nope, scratch it. Well, I mean, it's it's a business for sure, and, and I'll tell you, I was an individual that was kind of shocked with the Chris Busher shakeup at that time with with Ricky coming in, because uh, you know I I still to this day, I mean, I'm a fan, uh, but just from somebody being a marketing person, I look at, at Chris as somebody as like Ricky. You know, they have the, they think they, they have some. Uh, shining light. They got a spotlight that's always on them because whether it's their outspoken or their talent or both, uh, they, they both bring that light from the fans. And I think they've got an interesting fan base that follows them that wants to see each one of them succeed in their uh, own little way. Well, can we talk about the negative at the moment in the world? Let's, I, I hate to keep, you know, beating on this drum with what's going on. But let's start with Kroger's relationship with JTG. Obviously, or not obviously, but I'm, I'm going to assume that it's more along the lines, business speaking, of like a Chip Ganassi and Target relationship. Uh, Kroger works with the brands that we see on a weekly basis on the cars at JTG in regards to shelf space and buying power and, and so forth and, and actual in-store sales as they try to grow different brands and increase profits. Uh, is it safe to say that that's, that's basically along the same lines of, of the structure that you guys are operating with? Yep. Yep. Okay. So yeah, that's... That, well, so Ganassi with Target had the longest relationships. Now, how long has Kroger been with JTG doing this? Uh, in a, in a major way, it's going on five years. I would say it's about five years. Yeah. I mean, we didn't abandon ship after three. So we obviously are seeing successes to continue the relationship, uh, to this point. Yeah. Um, you know, when you think about all the brands that we have involved with the program, um, they're the ones who are funding it, right? So if the brands don't see value, whether it be branding on the car or specific programs within the Kroger world that they're, they're providing the brands with, um, then they wouldn't come back and they wouldn't spend and invest the money because they're not going to get that return on investment. So we've been very diligent, again, worked very, very closely with Kroger to develop this program with a very, very focused eye on how do we make sure there's a return on investment for those brands. Okay, so where are we at right now? What's the challenges? We're, we're I'm, I'm a sports fan over here. I'm missing out on races. 
Uh, that's one hat. I throw that over in the room. Cam's sitting over there. He's a driver. He's missing out on races with his inventory of sponsors. The, so we throw that hat out of the room. We're a sanctioning body that we compete under. Uh, that They're missing out on races and, and activation with their partners. So let, let's start at the race team from your from your point of view. What what are you guys like? What's priority of how you guys are you know crisis management at the moment? Well, again, from from where I sit, you know, I can't I can't really speak on behalf of the competition side, right? Because that's a whole other world, and and we've got an expert over there who handles that, right? Um, but obviously that impacts what happens on my side of the business. But for me at this point, you know, I feel really confident that we're still going to be able to deliver the value and all of the things that we promised uh, all of these sponsors. Once we, well, twofold, once we go back to normal racing, but also in the meantime, you know, a big component of this is that we're running specific merchandising programs or, or specific ads for these vendors, right? Um, so that's where you're getting your, your payback if, if you're a sponsor with, with our race team and tied to Kroger. So you're going to continue to be able to get a return on investment, even though there aren't cars on the racetrack. That's the magic here. That's the one good thing, I guess, with, with all the things we have these days with with social media and, and all the media content and things that can be created without, and I guess now even the iRacing thing, um, there's a lot of different things out there in the world that we can do while we're not driving per se down the track or around the track. So, which, which is kind of cool. And, you know, I, I've done a few things last week with, with some of my sponsors that they came in and, and asked me to go, go do for them. And, and I was happy to do it because, you know, they're, they're sticking with me and, you know, yeah, it's the things you, you do to, to reward them for, for being part of your program. I mean, whatever that looks like, whether, you know, whether it's appearances or virtual visits or, you know, I've seen some interesting things where, um, you know, they're doing virtual autograph signings with, with pictures online. Right. So anything you can do at this point, I would say to, to continue to add value, to engage with the fans um, and make sure you tie that back to your sponsor. Uh, that's going to all be, you know, only got so much we can do right now. So take advantage of the time you have and, and become creative. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> we just, I mean, you're, you guys are going to laugh, but we just put out coloring kits through social media, right? A couple blank, you know, cars and fire suits and people are going crazy over the fact that, the, you know, their kids have something to color on. Right. It's awesome. Yeah. I like that. I used to do that all the time when I was a kid. So that being so that being said, if we go back to the business side of it, you're looking JTG is an organization that operates majorly speaking on a B2B relationship for their for their marketing programs and their race team. So you you you, you don't really have to worry as much about closing your doors or, or not racing around a racetrack as someone that has strictly a sponsorship deal of they paid to put their name on a car. Uh, the deliverables are pretty low uh, as far as what they're getting and they're paying basically a branding 
looking for that ROI uh, is inventory based. They're they're at a bigger risk right now than a than a race team that's structured like JTG. Um, I'll go back to my Don. I'll go back to my Best Buy days for a minute. And when I first you know first got in that job, and we were paying, I think it was Joyce Julius for for impression value, right? And again, I'm new. I, I I'm still learning. And I get that first report and it says that Elliot, you know, he did really good in that race. He earned you $3 million in impression value, right? So I, I went into my boss's office and I, I brought that in and I shared it with him and slapped down his desk. And he looked at me and he said, yeah, that's great. How many TVs did you sell? <laughs> and I went, oh, okay. I'm going to have to refocus a little bit. Now I understand a little bit more about why you got me here. You know, and, and really, again, goes back to that, that how much of whatever did you sell outside of impression value to show that you're, you're delivering, right? And that has always stuck with me in the back of my head. Well, we do talk a lot about ROO and ROI and what the activation dollar spend is for, you know, for each dollar that you spend in marketing on a sponsorship, how much are you spending to activate? Um We've always heard, I've always heard on the, you know, the research or the executive side of it, that Penske like really cheerleads the fact that, that they're up there in the five to one, six to one range uh, of their ROI. Now, where, where would you say that Kroger or JTG and your relationship that you guys typically end up at or what is your goal? that everybody always strives for. I'm, I'm sure you guys have a number that you guys, that you just like, guys, let, you know, let, let's keep our eye on the prize here and strive towards this being the fact that you came from Best Buy. I'd be interested to know in 2008 what the, what the number was back then. I mean, that's, tw- that's 12 years ago. Uh, I'm trying to think of how I want to say this. <laughs> <laughs> So I would say, you know, we are in a position to provide maximum return on investment, right? How's that, Don? <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's, that's a political answer. I like I was, it. I was going to say, so somebody uh, was in the good political speak right there. Yeah. yeah. I, I hate to be that, but um, I think that, that that's probably what I would need to, to say at this point. Um, hey Don! Hey Don! Uh, magicians can't reveal all their secrets, okay? Yeah. No, <laughs> no, no. And it, well, and I know, like I look, I always try to, I always try to be two to one. You know, even with with our partners that that we have. You know, whether it's a B two B deal or just B two C, whatever the whatever the program is, just always try to 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 give back at least more than what you got, what they you know what they spend, uh, and I think that. Um, that's like a rule number one to 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 teach people or to beat in people's heads, if you will, other racers, uh, that they you have to remember it's not just about the racing. It's gotta be it's gotta make the cash register ring. Somebody's gotta see something improve or increase on the bottom of the P and L line. And I will say I have I have, you know, a lot of sponsors that come at me with different uh, objectives when it comes to that and different different uh, KPIs, right? So, 
uh, I can think of one that has a very, very high uh, ratio, right? So we've got to shine a light there where we need to, to make sure that we're bringing it to that, to that level. Right. Oh, totally agree with that. Um, how many out there in the executive world of NASCAR, how many people are hearing a lot of struggle from their partners? I mean, it, are the conversations happening on a daily basis of guys, what are we going to do? We don't, we, you know, we only got six or eight weeks or, you know, we, 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 we need to do something in the next quarter. Uh, we're getting, we need to restructure contracts. What, what you know, what are we doing? I, I feel like there's a lot of um, uneasy nervousness with a lot of unknown answers right now. So, um, you know, things, things are changing really fast on, um, I think it's, it's, it is a lot of unknown, you know, we are, uh, my team owner, Tad, he is, he's in there with NASCAR, you know, I wouldn't say daily, but he's definitely, you know, there a lot, having a lot of conversations, you know, to help provide direction around what our plan is. And then while he's having those conversations, you know, I've got my team and, and we are looking at readjusting and being very flexible, right? Because again, we've got a schedule of paint schemes that we had all planned out for the whole year. And with 15, 16 different brands, there's a lot of moving parts to that. Um, but that's only one component of, of what touches this program, right? So we've got specific merchandising events that were pre-planned coming up next month that now aren't going to happen. So how do we readjust the calendar, which means, you know, I've got to spend time working with uh, a lot of different people in the Kroger environment to say, okay, don't forget, we, we owe them this. Let's put it together. And what's that going to look like towards the back half of the year uh, when hopefully everything settles down. So it, it's just about realigning all of our different priorities making sure that we're ready when the time comes so that we can go out and execute. Are you, is, is it the mindset or perception that the NASCAR world wants all the events to happen uh, over, you know, we just NHRA, we, they just announced yesterday, you know, we're, we're cutting, we're cutting five races out. We're going to a 19 race, you know, schedule to complete for 2020. Um, uh, so, yeah, and obviously comparing NHRA and NASCAR, there, there's a few things that are similar, but for the most part, they, they are significantly different because we don't have a charter system uh, from, from that standpoint that NASCAR does. And the, the TV package is obviously not as significant as the NASCAR world does. Uh, it, so I've heard you hear on the other motorsports podcasts for NASCAR that in general, people want the events to happen, but there's also the worry of not being able to make all the events be as big of success and return the value to their sponsors and partners. Uh, how how big of a concern is that inside the house at JTG and Kroger? Yeah, everything I'm hearing at this point is we are going to run our full full schedule of races. That has been um, very clear and 
you know, I, I sit back and I think about the logistics of how that can potentially work. And there's a lot of really smart people that are going to have to figure that out. And I'm glad I'm, I'm, I'm not one of those that has to figure that part of it out. I have my own work and I have my own stuff that I'm going to have to align to that schedule. But um, yeah, everything I hear is we're, we're going to do it, whether it be, you know, they're going to do double headers. Uh, they might run some stuff midweek as well. Uh, I just I'll, read that. Yeah. I, I think it's a great idea. I mean, yeah. why not? Time to, time to try some new stuff. Let's do it. That is one good thing about, I guess, this whole situation is it's allowing people to maybe, like, say, for instance, I did hear rumors on, like, the NHRA side that the 2021 schedule was going to be completely different, you know, with maybe, like, these two-day events and maybe less races or whatever. So it's, like, it's maybe allowing these sanctioning bodies to try something that they that they really wanted to try but not necessarily pulled the trigger per se just yet but it's like okay we're just going to put our toe in the water with this and see how people feel about it and then maybe next year well it'll allow us to make a lot more changes and people will understand them a little bit more i guess it takes some of the the shock and awe factor i guess out of it maybe just look at the racing piece alone right i think oh, everybody's, yeah. everybody's kind of dabbled in that a little bit but now we just jumped into the deep end and, and look at what happened last weekend. And now we're planning another one this weekend. Um, kind of excitement around that. So when it comes to test and learn, it kind of just go at this point, right? Yep. I mean, at least they can say, I guess if it, if it fails or whatever, oh yeah, we were just trying stuff because, you know, we had nothing else going on. <laughs> so it kind of works out for all part, interested parties, I guess. Thank you for downloading today's episode of Racers and Rental Cars podcast brought to you by MotionRaceworks.com. Stop by MotionRaceworks.com for all of your high performance needs. If you need to go fast, MotionRaceworks.com. Hey, Cam. Yes, Don. Do you ever think about how crammed your trailer is when you go race? Dude, all the time. Race cars, golf carts, jets, power wheels, and all of his toys, his little dirt bikes, his strider bikes, all that stuff. I'm crammed. But I'm sure everybody in motorsports is feeling the same way. Well, now our audience has someone to call. They need to call Lance at lbtrailers.com. Lance is carrying over 70 motorsports haulers in stock options from top to bottom. We always talk about looking the part in motorsports, traveling up and down the road and at the track. Now you can look the part with LB Trailer Sales. Go to online to lbtrailers.com. Or stop by Facebook at LB Trailer Sales. You have a friend in the trailer business. And make sure to tell them that Racers and Rental Cars sent you. Paul, how are you guys handling the iRacing for JTG and Kroger? I, I, I mean, I wasn't aware. And I, I looked a little bit today to try to see. Kroger didn't have any involvement in iRacing. Correct? JTG doesn't have like with the way JR Motorsports are with Junior Motorsports, they don't have an actual driver that's on the roster that that's where their primary function is of iRacing, correct? Or am I incorrect on that? No, we, we have um, we have a actual iRacing team uh, for both cars. So okay. there's a 47 and a 37. Um, you know, top of mind beyond that, though, is the fact that we had Ricky and Ryan both in this you know, this open invitation all this past weekend and we'll have them again in this coming one. 
Um, but we have a presence. Uh, we have the Kroger car. And then, let's see, that's the one team, the 47 team. The 37 team has been typically been our Cottonell um, car that runs on that side of it. So those were those two outside of the invitation. Okay. How, how is that working out for you guys? Do, do you, have you seen... I, I know it's like continued to grow and it's like a big snowball that just, it moves a little further down the hill. It gets a little bigger and it gets a little bigger. Um, how much of a change have you seen in that? That's been like legitimately a business increase uh, for exposure for that ROI aspect. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Up until this last weekend, when you had the drivers of the, Real cars jumping in those rigs electronically, you know, and doing the, the eye racing piece. It, it was a nice to have, you know, it wasn't the top thing that we were saying, hey, Kimberly Clark or hey, Clorox, you know, check this out. You know, we make mention of it and we make sure everybody's aware of it. But our primary focus has been around, you know, our, our real racing. And that all changed this last weekend. <laughs> Um, you know, I'm, I'm making sure that everybody knows that it's happening, one. And two, once we get the results and we get all of the numbers in from the TV broadcast and, and all the other things that NASCAR provided us with, um, I'm sharing that with all our sponsors because it has become a lot more relevant um, now that we've got these two, uh, the two regular drivers doing it. So let's take that and let's springboard back 2008 uh, best buy time frame to this period amount of financial need to go into NASCAR to compete. We've, we, we understand it's not anything new. We've seen all the reports of NASCAR drivers, uh, you know, taking significant pay reductions at the, passing of the guard, if you will, uh, individuals like Stewart and Jimmy Johnson and Matt Kenseth and, and, and Greg Biffle and the list goes on and on of those guys making a lot of money back in the early 2000s to, to, to mid. And now that those incomes and those salaries are, are coming back down um, with that, is that been a significant impact of how you are presenting or the companies, types of companies, packages that you're looking to put together to be involved in NASCAR? Um, you know, there's still outside of driver salaries, the, the cost to do this is, is astronomical, right? And one of the things that we've worked really hard with our sponsors on is trying to get them to understand where their money is going. Right. So, and it's very eye opening when we've done this. We will take, um, we, we will bring in big, large groups of, of our sponsors and the Kroger team and bring them into Charlotte, do a weekend there around the Charlotte race and give them a tour of the shop and walk them through literally every phase of what it takes to build a car and all of the different elements that go into that. And to be honest with you, most of them had no idea that we are manufacturing these cars the way we do, right? And the amount of technology that we have in our shop to, again, make sure that we're, we're doing the best we can on track, they are completely blown away. And it really gives them a good understanding of where the dollars they're spending 
are going. So um, I don't know if that got me directly into your answer, Don, but that's one of the ways that we're trying to educate the sponsors on where that money is going and why it is what it is. Well, it makes sense. I mean, that, that's everybody wants, Hey dad, can I borrow a hundred bucks? Well, what's it, what's, where's it going? What's it going to do? You know, but that's at the end of the day, I mean, people want to know where their money's going, whether it's a million dollars or a hundred dollars or a dollar, you know, that's, that's, I, I agree wholeheartedly with that. I mean, if you, that's, I guess, comes back to presentation on, on, uh, for everybody out there listening to your guys's rigs and things like that. I mean, yes, you don't race the rig, you don't race the easy ups and all that stuff, but it comes back to presentation and making sure you're representing everything correctly and positively and, and all that stuff. Plus manufacturing of your cars and all the technology that's required. Yeah, it's, it is, uh, it's quite the complex business that we're working, isn't it guys? Oh yeah. Commas and zeros, <laughs> commas and zeros, commas and zeros and peaks and valleys. That's it. That's it. <laughs> well, Paul, I'm not going to, we're going to wrap up a couple more quick questions because you brought up manufacturing and that was actually the last technical question that I had for you on my sheet car of tomorrow, the next gen we, we've most of the radio shows, podcasts, reporters, Twitter, everybody is talking about how at some point, there will be let's let's use the cliche term now flattening the curve on what it's going to cost to actually function as a NASCAR team with this new car with replaceable uh, body parts and the way it's laid out and in suspension components a single lug nut wheels so the list goes on and on how's JTG think about that I know you guys have got, I've heard Brad talk about the inventory of vehicles, the assets that you guys have. I've heard him mention that on, on shows in the past. Is that, I mean, is it what JTG wants is this new car of, the, of tomorrow? Or if they came in and asked JTG, Hey, if, if we don't send you this and don't make you run this car, are you guys going to be upset? Uh, you know, what's the, what's kind of the take? One, um, any, any cost reduction is a good reduction, right? Because again, I can, I can show that value back to the sponsors. I'm sure you guys would agree, right? Absolutely. Uh, the, the other part of it is there is a significant startup cost though to switching over. So we are working diligently again with Kroger and our sponsors to make sure that we're able to make that transition from this car to the car of tomorrow or the new car for, for next year to be able to not lose any ground from a performance standpoint of all the ground we've made up in the last couple of years to where we are today. So that's, that's the really the, the, the dance that we're playing right now is how do we get that new car? How do we make sure that we maximize everything we can and get started as, as soon as possible um, so that we can start strong out of the gates and continue to show performance, which if you circle back to what we started talking about at the beginning of the show was that's one of the key components, right? So we cannot go backwards at this point. We need to continue to perform at a very high level. So that's how we're looking at this. Double-edged sword. Double-edged sword. Yeah. You have a lot uh, of show car assets. Yeah, I mean... If, if if we need them, they're there. 
<laughs> we can give away a lot of sheet metal and stuff to our fans through sweepstakes too. There, there, there you, you go. go. There'll be a lot of in-store or online sweepstakes for Kroger and Cottonelle and Kimberly Clark and Bush's baked beans and <laughs> everything else that will go along with it. Well, Paul, right we have uh, we have two things that we ask of every guest that comes on our show, and this this may uh, just make you kind of chuckle as you. Uh, take a parting away we ask our guests they get to send one christmas card to one person in motorsports who do you get to send it to well heck i, I just talked about elliot sadler so i think i'm sending it to elliot since i haven't talked to him I'm gonna make sure. I'm gonna make sure to send Elliot a message on Twitter and Brett Griffith, who's on uh, Door Bumper Clear. I'm gonna send him uh, a quick tweet here shortly after we hang up. Uh, I completely forgot about Elliot being at Best Buy. That's I, man. I almost feel like a retard for not remembering that. Uh, second question: You get to send one WTF card to somebody in motorsports. Who are you sending it to? <laughs> <laughs> uh well there was a uh so uh, i'm gonna go back to it we had my second driver aj almondino right really really good friend of mine um and uh there was somebody in his organization i'm not going to name the person that's i would probably send it to that person <laughs> <laughs> oh I'm going to have to figure out how I'm going to work that in on AJ. I have to be like, so Paul said that so-and-so would get a WTF card. Who is he talking about? Yeah, I think he'll get it. I think he'll get it. You think he'll get it. Well, well, Paul, tell our listeners where they need to find everything about what you're doing to impact behind the scenes that they see on their television on a weekly basis. Uh, I'm, I used to be a lot more active on, uh, on Twitter than I am uh, now. So I would just refer everybody back to our team pages, you know, JTG, Doherty, uh, our website, and all of our social media places. That's, that's really where you can find out what's going on. Um, and every once in a while, I, I do post some stuff here and there, but uh, I've, I've taken a little different, different route in terms of my own personal social media. Like. <laughs> Well, Paul, thank you very much for coming on. We greatly appreciate it. I know it's a busy time for you and your family uh, with everything that's going on, but but I'm sure, I know I do, I'm sure Cam does, and our listeners will appreciate just hearing the, the struggles and what it takes to uh, continue to make the, the racing world go round, if you will. I would ask one thing, guys. Um, so thank you for that. Um, my wife is in healthcare. Um, they've got a family-owned business that's in urgent care. Uh, and as you can imagine, things are a little crazy for them. So send your positive thoughts this way, too. We'd, we'd appreciate that. Absolutely. Absolutely. For sure. Paul, thank you very much again. And anytime you want to come back on and, and share an aha moment uh, for the world of motorsports marketing, uh, our door is always open to you, sir. That sounds good. Good luck on iRacing this weekend. I think you guys are in Texas, yeah. right? Yep. We are. Everybody will be watching on FS1. So uh, It'll be on Fox too, Don. They're running on both channels. Oh, I, nice. missed, I missed the national on Fox. Okay. All yeah. right. There we go. We'll all be looking for the Kroger car. There we go. Have a great day, sir. Thank you. 
Thanks. Thank you. Take care. Take care, Paul. Yeah. Dude, Cam, I cannot tell you how much it, it means to have somebody from the the world that we live in uh, a few a few floors up. You know, I'd like to think that I'm probably down here on like floor floor three. You know, may, maybe four, you know, floor four of the building. And and then you have somebody like Paul, who's obviously up on the top floor. They're eating in their own lunchroom because they're on the executive staff. Uh, I, I've still got to buzz Jimmy John's in to, to get to me. But uh, it's nice to hear them talk about why they're still doing motorsports, the the challenges that that they take on. And, and just to, to, to just know that you're not alone out here in the world. And even though he works for a huge, two huge organizations, one being Kroger and one being JTG, uh, that they look at the same challenges that we have. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's, what's cool is, is it just goes to show you that just because your team may be a little smaller or you're racing on a weekly level, that type of thing, the pros whether it's NASCAR, IndyCar, drag racing, we're all struggling with the same stuff. It's just on a bigger scale and or platform. So, you know, you, you think you're having a hard time finding a thousand bucks to go race this weekend or whenever we can. Uh, it's just as hard, if not harder, to find $100,000 to race or, you know, whatever the number is. So it's, it's cool to hear that, you know, they look at the same stuff and it's, it's cool to hear, you know, what they look for in, in a driver and, you know, that kind of thing, because, you know, all these, these younger generations, they want to, they want to do this stuff. And that's where you got to ask is the people they're making the decisions and, you know, Paul's one of those guys. So super cool guy. No, absolutely. And, and we'll all, we'll all be looking forward to uh, all of us getting back uh, to racing in the near future. Well, Cam, I am uh, pulling the plug. I'm going to give a shout out to our sponsors and uh, I will chat with you next week. Cool. You know, as per usual, we always like to thank voice America for helping produce the show. Brian and JT, you guys uh, do a lot for us behind the scenes. We greatly appreciate it. You know, Lance over at LB trailer sales, go buy yourself a trailer. And then like I said last week or whatever week it was, go buy yourself a car to put in that trailer. And then after you buy the car, go over to motion Raceworks, get yourself some parts for that car. So, and then maybe a data logger from performance data systems. So Todd over there at PDS. So yeah, you know, we got you covered here on, uh, on racers and rental cars. And then maybe if you get cold or, or hot, we're going to have to put, uh, some like racers and rental cars, tank tops or something <laughs> on, uh, on the racers and rental cars website. So, but anyway, uh, thanks for the fun and we'll see you next time. Later. See you. Let's put it up for the week and walk.